is faithful. You ready to get in the word this morning? Yes. Hallelujah. Well, our, our founding uh, pastor, Dr. Savell, gave us a word back in November uh, that the Lord had given him for this next year. And, uh, and I'm going to go ahead and read it to you. It's 2017 is a year that the faithful will flourish and it shall be as days of heaven on earth. The faithful will flourish. And we define that, he defined that as flourish as thrive, increase, enlarge, to grow, to abound, to spread out, to expand, to make progress and prosper and come to a high point in one's life. I don't know about you, but, but if, it's, if, if it's about flourishing and I read those, I, I want to flourish. I don't know about you. I, I want to flourish. How about you? I want, I want to expand. I want to grow. I want to increase. I want to, I want, I want to expand in my life. How about you? Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. You know, what? the scripture I, I've been talking about really since, man, I guess September it is, in this aspect of staying, and I'm going to continue on that and tie in what the Lord has given Dr. Savell you know, about the 2017, the faithful will flourish. Go to Acts chapter 11, and we'll, we'll start there. Just, uh, the faithful will flourish. The faithful will flourish. Anytime that you receive a word in your life, it's important that you hold on to that word. You know, Mary, Mary got a, had a word from an angel, and she had to hold on to that word, Right? Every word that we see throughout the, the, the scriptures, even Abraham had got a word that he would be the father of many nations. And even though it might not look like that word was going to come to pass, he still had to hold on to that word. And so I want to read a scripture here in Acts chapter 11. And this has been my key scripture uh, the times I've been with you since September is this. It says, when he arrived, when Barnabas arrived, he saw what grace, favor God was bestowing upon them. And he was full of joy. And he continuously exhorted, warned, urged, and encouraged them all to cleave unto the Lord and remain faithful to and devote to the Lord with resolute, steady purpose of heart. So here Barnabas was standing up and he said he continuously did this. He continually stood up and he warned, he encouraged them to do what? To remain faithful to the Lord. Devoted to the Lord. The King James says, cleave unto the Lord. That word cleave, it's, it's a weird word. We only see this word a few times throughout Scripture. But we see it also in, in Genesis where it says, A man shall leave his mother and father and do what? Cleave unto his wife and they shall become one flesh. So think about it. When he says cleave unto the Lord, what does that mean? It's saying it's now you're becoming a part of him. You're, you're becoming so closely connected to him. So here Barnabas standing up and, and saying, hey, there's some great things going on here in Antioch and there's some great things, but I want to encourage you. I want to warn you, hey, stay devoted. Cleave unto the Lord. Remain faithful to the Lord. Remain faithful to the Lord. I believe this scripture that Barnabas, the, the, the words that Barnabas is saying, I believe this is a key to a life of faith. I believe it's a key to fulfilled promises. I believe it's a key to you fulfilling your purpose in life. The key is staying devoted to, staying faithful to, and cleaving unto the Lord with steady purpose of heart. What does that mean? That I make a quality decision. I'm putting a stake in the ground. You know what? And no matter what comes against me, no matter what I face, I'm going to stay devoted. No matter what I face and what I'm going through, you know what? I'm going to choose to be faithful. No matter what, what, what hurt I might be experiencing, you know what? I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be sticking with God. 
You see, the world it, it will, will, will cause you to be shaken in so many ways. You, you may experience the storms of life, so to speak, and, 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 and attacks may come your way. But the thing is, you have to make a decision. You know what? I'm not moving. I'm making a decision. I'm staying devoted. I'm going to stay faithful. I'm going to, I'm going to stay hooked up with my father. I'm going to stay hooked up with my, fa- my father and the plan that he has for my life. Say the faithful will flourish. Say the faithful will flourish. The faithful will increase. The faithful will prosper. The faithful will come to a high point in their life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You know, the word. You know, we have to guard and protect the word that we've been given. We have to guard it and we have to protect it. You know, thinking about the word, I I was reminded in Mark chapter 4, in verse 3, Jesus says, pay attention. He says, behold, the sower went out to sow. He says, pay attention. Just as Jesus' words are written in red, and what red words win. So, So he says, pay attention. Behold, the sower went out to sow. And then he, tell, he starts telling everyone that's listening this parable. But when he gets with the disciples, he explains this parable. And so in verse 14 of Mark chapter 4, he says what? The sower sowed the word. It says, pay attention. Behold, the sower went out to sow. And then in verse 14, Jesus tells the disciples what was sown. He said, the word. He says, the sower sowed the word. Now, we see these different types of soil. It said the first one where it was sown, it was just kind of scattered, so to speak. And it, it kind of was just on the wayside. And it said the birds of the air came. And, it's, and, and then it says, it says, that's what Jesus was saying. But what Jesus declared to the disciples was, he says, the enemy comes. Satan comes immediately. Amen. It says Satan, he said Satan comes immediately to do what? To steal the word. You understand the enemy is out for the word that's in your life because he understands God's word is the very thing that's going to produce the success and change in your life. So he said the enemy came immediately to steal that word. Then we see that we see a group of people where it said that word was stone, was was sown on stony ground. And, it, and, and then in Matthew's account of this, it re- related to the sun beating down and it said that it withered and dried because it didn't have much root. And then when Jesus is explaining this in Luke, he says, he says because of the trouble. He says because of offenses, because of different things, the, the sun beat down in the heat of what you might be going through. It said it caused that seed to, to shrivel. Because at first it says, it says they were excited about the word. They were excited. They left church or they left reading the word of God. I'm excited about this. What were they? They had hope. They had hope. They had an excitement on the inside of them that they had just heard a word that was going to change their life forever. Something was about to be, go to another level in their life. But what happened? They were excited about it. But what happened when trouble came? Also, it said, Jesus said, because of persecution came with the word. It said that, that it came down and it said that root shriveled and died because it didn't have much depth of soil. It didn't have much depth of root. We need to be rooted. Amen? And then there's another group of people. It said it was sown. Man, and it started growing up and it started becoming. It said, but because of the distractions, 
Because of, the, because of the cares and the anxieties, it said the thorns grew up and choked it. You see, see these were, this, they all heard the word. But one, the enemy stole it. Another one, trouble took it. And the other one, distractions took it. Then it says the good ground. The good, what is good ground? I didn't really think about what's good ground necessarily in reference to this. I think of good ground, we think of hot soil, we think of fertile soil. But in reference to what Jesus is saying, what is good ground? Good ground is soil that is free from distractions. Good ground is soil that's free from stones. Good, good ground is ground that's been cultivated. See, Jesus is referring to not soil of the earth, but he's referring to your heart. See, the enemy is out for this word, and he doesn't want this word to produce. 2017, the year the faithful shall flourish. See, the enemy is out for that word. He's always out for that word. But you know what? Distractions can steal the word. You know, in Genesis chapter 8, Noah gets off the boat, and what's one of the first things it says? It says, as long as the earth remains, there's seed, time, and harvest. Seed, time, and harvest. So we know the seed is the word. And we understand what harvest is. But there's this issue of time we don't like. Man, I wish, you know, in, in the natural, you could, my wife and I, we like apples. And I wish we could sow an apple seed and get one by dark. Get a tree by dark. Now, don't go and get me bags of apples, all right? <laughs> this, this seed time and harvest. See, the seed produced the hope, right? The seed produced the hope, right? The word always produces hope. Word produces hope. But there's this factor of time we have to deal with. Because see, it's in this time is where the distractions are. It's in this time where disappointments are. It's in, the it's in, the, it's in this, this factor of, of trouble. It's in this time of persecution. It's all found in this aspect of time. The word is what produces hope. Go to Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs chapter 13. Yes, Father. Now I'm still talking about staying. Now remember, the word produces hope. And the enemy's out for that word. And he'll try to take it from distractions, disappointments, mistakes, failures. He'll try to do anything he can to take the word out of you. So as we're getting ready to go into 2017, I'm not waiting to flourish. You know, I'm going to choose to be faithful. Amen? Amen. Well, we're going to choose, as a church, we're going to be faithful, right? As an individual, make a decision to be faithful because you know what? We're going to, this word is going to come to pass in Justin's life. This word is going to come to pass in the Bridges household. Amen? And I believe this word is going to come to pass in this church, right? In Proverbs 13, verse 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. 
See, this is hope deferred. It's dealing with time. See, the word gives you hope. But what are we doing in the time? What are we doing between what what Dr. Savell had a message years ago, between amen and there it is? What, What do you do between the time that you finish praying and there it is? See, I wish it was amen and there it is right at the same time. And you know what? I've had, we've had some breakthroughs that have happened that way, but it doesn't happen all the time, right? Nine out of ten times, it doesn't happen that fastly. There's going to be a time factor. Amen. See, see, faithful. See, see, it's staying faithful, staying devoted to the Lord, meaning, meaning it's what I'm doing after that word has been sown into my heart. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. What is hope? Hope is expectation. So when my expectation is deferred, what's another word for deferred? Well, in the Hebrew, this word means to be drawn out. Hope deferred. My expectation being drawn out makes my heart, my mind, my soul weary and broken. Hope deferred. Expectation drawn out will make my heart Mind, soul, weary and broken. See, there's times, you know, you've held on to promises, right? How about you've held on to promises? But when you haven't seen anything change, what happens is, well, I guess God didn't hear me. And when you start saying, I guess God didn't hear me, what's the enemy's taking the seed out? He's taking that word out. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. When your expectation doesn't come to pass in the time that you thought it should come to pass, it causes you to question God. It causes you to be weary in your mind. It causes you to maybe go back to things that you probably shouldn't go back to. It allows disappointment to set in. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But what a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. A desire fulfilled is a tree of life. See, the enemy is out for that hope. But I'm telling you, it's what you do right now. See, that desire, don't lose the desire. Don't lose the desire. The enemy is out. No, Miss Savell ministered a message years ago called the intensity of your desires. And more than anything, the enemy will be out for your desire. And what is your desire? What God's word originally planted in you. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. See, the enemy wants to control you in your thoughts, in your mind, your will, and your emotions. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. The word desire there is the longing of the heart. The longing of the heart. Hallelujah. The desire, the longing of the heart is a tree of life. Meaning the longing of your heart. Meaning don't let go of the desire in your heart because eventually it is going to bring refreshing. Eventually, that's gonna, that tree is going to grow. See, it's a tree of life. That desire fulfilled is a tree of life. See, hope is the seed. The desire fulfilled is the tree. You see, you see what I'm saying? It's saying, saying that word was the hope that was produced. And when it hasn't come to pass yet, that's when the enemy will try to keep you right there in time. But yet God's saying, don't let go of the desire that the hope originally deposited on the inside of you. 2017, the faithful will flourish. The faithful will flourish. You know, all throughout Scripture, how do we see God's promises fulfilled? 
We see it by people that continue to stand and stay in faith. So what do we do? How do we, what's an aspect of staying in faith in this time aspect? And it comes down to this word of waiting. I don't like that word. (laughs) Who likes to wait? I've grown a lot, but... (laughs) I've grown a lot since Annette and I have got married and... We were talking about this past week. We went to Shreveport and we were ministering to some married couples. And we were talking about some different things. And we got married and we went to Italy for our honeymoon. And we're not even, you know, out of the United States yet. And I didn't know this at the time, but she's thinking, who did I just marry? <laughs> it was the airport. The, air, the airport lines. I, 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 it, she was like, Wow. Didn't see this side of him. <laughs> I didn't, don't like waiting. Now I've 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 grown a lot through the spirits working in me. I, I don't like waiting. No one likes to wait because wait always has a negative aspect to it. You know, it's interesting. You go to a doctor's office and they say go to the waiting room, and then they call you a patient. It's like something, something's not, I'm in the waiting room and I'm a patient. It's something is just not working here. And, and I'm so glad that I wasn't born in California because I don't think I have the grace to drive on the 405 every day. I think that's why Tony lives in Texas now <laughs> and not LA. This is waiting, but, but waiting is in, in our mind has such a negative aspect to it, but not God's kind of waiting. Seed, time, and harvest. See, we have to stay in faith when we're in that time, right? It's what we do in that time. Waiting. Biblical definition of waiting isn't... I prayed yesterday. Mm, waiting. Well, we're waiting, 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 waiting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll be patient. Yeah. Yeah. This patient stuff, I can't stand it. Uh. 2017, the faithful will flourish. Yeah. Faithful will flourish. Whoop dee, yeah. And it's only January 2nd. Uh, <laughs> See, that's, that's, that's not God's waiting. That's not biblical definition of waiting. See, that's the world's definition of waiting. Waiting in, in, in Scripture is aggressive. Waiting in scripture is aggressive. Waiting, 
Waiting is a picture of a person that's out on the edge of a cliff, looking out, waiting because they know just any moment around the horizon, their ship's coming. Any moment that plane is about to come into view because they're expecting that it's about to happen any moment at any time. Waiting. Waiting is not something to dread. Waiting is a position of your heart. I'm expecting any moment. Yes, I said amen. Right now I'm in time, but you know what? I'm about to say there it is. Right now I'm about to say it is finished. Right now I'm about to say, and I'm telling you, yeah, I'm not going to let my hope be deferred. I'm not going to let my seed be destroyed. Why? Because eventually that desire being fulfilled is a tree of life. Amen. And you know what? That tree eventually becomes resource for someone else. Right now, because that tree eventually becomes a testimony, right? That tree eventually becomes somewhere else where it's come on and say, I say, pick some fruit for me. Pick some fruit for me. Pick some fruit for me. Because I'm a testimony of God's goodness. I'm a testimony of his faithfulness. Hallelujah. Don't allow the enemy to destroy your hope. Hallelujah. Waiting. Let's go to Psalms 25. Psalms 25. Psalms 25. Hallelujah. This is David. As he's writing here, my Bible calls it the prayer for guidance and protection. Verse 1, the Amplified says, Unto you, O Lord, do I bring my life. Unto you, O Lord, do I bring my life. Anytime that you're facing discouragement and you're facing hurt and you're facing severe temptation, this needs to be the mantra of your life. Unto you, O Lord, do I bring my life. See, see, the enemy wants to keep you in, in this place of disappointment. He wants to keep you in this place of, of temptation, in this place of, of, of giving in to self and giving to the, But here he says, unto you, O Lord, do I bring my life. So the enemy wants to keep you there, but you have to bring yourself somewhere. Unto you, O Lord, do I bring my life. The word here in the phrase of unto you, I bring my life, meaning I'm choosing to intermingle my life with yours, God. Unto you, do I bring my life. It's the same word and the same connotation. The Hebrew is the same word cleave. Unto you, do I bring my life. Remember what Barnabas said? Continuously exhorted them to stay faithful, cleave to and devoted to the Lord. Unto you, Lord, do I bring my life. Oh, my God. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It's it's such a weird phrase. (laughs) I trust, I lean on, rely on, and I'm confident in you. Let me not be put to shame or my hope in you be disappointed. What does he have to do? The psalmist had to bring my life unto you. Why? I trust, I lean on, I rely, and I'm confident in you. Let me not be put to shame or my hope in you be disappointed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. See, it's going to be a constantly battle of the enemy trying to triumph over you. And how's he triumph? By taking the word. Verse 3, yet let none who trust or wait hopefully and look for you be put to shame. This is David's heart cry. And he's saying, look, I brought my life unto you. Now he's saying, let none who trust and wait hopefully for you look for you, be put to shame or be disappointed. Let them be ashamed who forsake the right and deal treacherously without cause. Show, now listen, show me your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths. 
Show me your ways. Meaning, God, how would you, how would you live in this situation? How would you make it through this situation? Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your path. Now, guide me in your truth. Me, now, direct me in your word. Now, I, 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 need, I need this protection, God. Okay, guide me. Guide me your truth. Show me your word. Reveal your word to me. Now, and faithfulness. And faith. Guide me in your truth. You can say, direct me in your truth. Now, David's not saying, guide me in my faithfulness. He's saying, God, I want to know about your faithfulness. Let that sink in just for a moment. Yes. David's saying, I want to, your truth and I want to understand your faith. I want to be faithful like you're faithful. Yes. I want to understand your faithfulness. Guide me in your truth and faithfulness and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. Yes. Waiting produces salvation. Waiting produces, another word for salvation is deliverance. Another word for salvation is perseverance. Let's look at Psalms 140. You don't need to turn there. They can put it up on the screen in the Amplified. Psalmist says, I waited patiently and expectantly for the Lord. He inclined to me and he heard my cry. He drew me up out of a horrible pit, out of a miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock steadying my steps and establishing my going. Now think about it. He said, I waited patiently on the Lord. Now that's not sitting back and doing nothing. David's like, I'm out on the edge of my... I waited patiently on the Lord. And what he inclined his ear to me. He drew me up out of a horrible pit. He set my feet upon a rock. Now listen to everything that God did with David. He set my feet upon a rock, steadying my steps and establishing my goings. He has put a new song in my mouth. You see, when you're waiting, you need to allow him to fill your mouth. See, you want to, a lot of times you want to speak what's on your mind, but you need to speak what's on his mind. You need to allow him to fill your mouth. Amen? He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to God. Meaning his song wasn't about his trouble anymore, but he wanted a song of praise that was going to come from God. Many shall fear and put their trust and confident reliance on the Lord. Now listen, blessed is the man who makes the Lord his refuge and trust and turns not to the proud or the followers of false gods. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, there's a connection between waiting and trusting. Psalm 62 verse 1 says, truly my soul waiteth upon God. The word waiteth, you know, what we, we've talked about that. T-E-H at the end of it is not just a good way to sound like I speak Elizabethan English. But when he has waiteth there, means this is continual. Meaning I'm not stopping this. He says, truly my soul. What's your soul? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Waiteth upon God continually. From him cometh my salvation. Meaning I'm going to wait on him continually. Why? Because my salvation comes from him. See, that's the fulfillment of a promise. But what does David do in between? I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Psalms 130, verses 5 through 8 says, I wait for the Lord. My soul expectantly waits. Now listen to this. And in his word do I hope. Hallelujah. I waited for the Lord. My soul expectantly waits. And in his word do I hope. 
I wait for the Lord. My soul is expectantly, and it's in his word do I hope. Yes, sir. See, the word produces the hope. Oh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go to Isaiah 40. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Isaiah 40. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Trey and Heather. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Yeah, there's some things that may have looked like have been deferred. There's things that you stood on this year and there's been a question in the back of your mind. Why, what, and how, and what do I need to change? I'll show you and I'll speak to you. But the main thing is stand strong. And what didn't come to pass the way you thought it would this year. That and more some this year. Man places seasons and years and days. But you're still in the season of the great breaking loose. And because you've been faithful, there's a season of flourishing. And all the things that you've experienced in the natural have been the distractions to move you off of and move you away from. The strength of the calling that I've called you to. I've been taking care of it and more. And as as Isaiah 61 says, and you shall receive double for your shame. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah 40. Hallelujah. It says, but those who wait for the Lord, verse 31, but those who wait for the Lord, but those who wait for the Lord, but those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in Him, shall change and renew their strength and power. They shall lift their wings and mount up close to God as eagles, mount up to the sun. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. But those that wait upon the Lord, shall change and renew their strength. See, waiting on the Lord brings you to another level. It's interesting, God's not the one mounting up, you are. They shall lift up their wings. They shall mount up their wings. with It's time for us to go higher. But it's based on, are, are you waiting on him with an expectation that he's going to take you higher? Hallelujah. 2017, the faithful will flourish. Hallelujah. The faithful will flourish. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what happens. I, I'm, I'm going to stay faithful. You know, I'm waiting upon him. And as I wait upon him, he's the one that's going to take me higher. 
He's the one that's going to change me from the inside out. He's the one that's going to work inside my marriage. He's going the one that's going to work inside of me. He's the one that's going to work in my children. He's the one that's going to work on my call and my purpose in life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Just for the sake of time, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. He says, be followers of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Say that with me. Be followers of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. That means through, through my faith and my patience, I'm going to experience something, yes. right? Yes. Through my faith and my patience, I'm going to experience the promise. Glory. Amen. It's, it's in between that seed, that time, that harvest. And it's in this time that it's my faith is working and my patience is working. Yes. Hallelujah. Be followers of those who through faith and patience inherited the promise. You know, I was talking about the different types of ground. In Mark chapter 4, and I just, just reminded of this, and, and the same story is written in Luke chapter 8. And he's talking to them about the different types of soil. Yeah, I, I better go over there. Just Luke chapter, Luke chapter 8. Because a lot of times we look at this seed being sown, and we look at this good ground... But I want you to understand you need more than just good ground. You need more than just good ground to produce a harvest. Let's look at Luke's account of this. I love when you look at Matthew chapter 13, Mark chapter 4, and Luke chapter 8, how it gives us a complete picture about walking in the 30, 60, and 100 fold blessing in our lives. In Luke chapter 8, hallelujah, verse 15, I'm just going to read the, the good soil part. But as for that seed in the good ground, these are the people who, hearing the word, hold it fast, hold it fast. See, we have to hold fast to the word, right? Hearing the word, hold it fast in a just and a worthy heart, steadily bringing forth fruit with patience. See, it's not, just the, it's not just the seed being in good ground, but it's holding fast to the word and it's bringing forth the fruit with patience. See, that word was sown in our hearts. 2017, the faith will flourish. It's being, a, being patient and waiting and standing on that word, holding fast to it, amen? That's what the ground does. The ground holds fast to the seed. And what we have to do is we have to remove all the distractions, anything that would try to hinder that seed, and it's going to bring forth fruit, what? With patience. Yes. Be followers of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Staying in faith is about waiting on the Lord, and waiting on the Lord is about staying expectant and staying patient. Let's go to Luke chapter 2, and I'll start to close with this. Luke chapter 2. Promises fulfilled. Promises fulfilled. 
the word being fulfilled in our lives. The word being fulfilled. I, I wanted us to see this aspect in scripture about holding on to this word and holding on to the prophetic word. In Luke chapter 2, you know, this holiday season, you've heard a lot of maybe some scriptures and here and there through this holiday season, but a lot of times we don't, we don't look at all the picture of Jesus' birth. But you got to understand, Jesus' coming was a fulfillment of a prophetic word. And it wasn't just going to happen automatically. Amen. You see, there was, there was a time in Moses' day where there was a prophetic word that said that they would only be in bondage to the Egyptians for 400 years. How come it was 430? Did God lie? Mm-mm. It didn't happen until the end of chapter 3 or verse, chapter 2 of Exodus where it says, and he says, and their cry came unto his ears. And they were hungry for change. They were hungry. They were hungry. Man, man, you you promised that we were to be delivered 400 years, but it's been 430 years. And it wasn't until he cried out to God for change. It wasn't until they pursued God for change. So God's prophetic words don't come to pass automatically. It wasn't until someone was laying hold of the word that was spoken. It wasn't until someone was, was releasing their faith for the word that was spoken. If you if you like don't like what I just said, then you can send me letters later. <laughs> well, God's God. He's well, He's a sovereign God. Yes, but He confined Himself to His Word. Amen. He says He exalts His Word above His name. He'll never override His Word. And so here in Scripture, in Luke chapter two. We, we see Jesus being born, and Mary and Joseph take him to a prophet named Simeon. In verse 25, and they're reading the Amplified, it says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout. He was devoted. He was faithful. Cautiously and carefully observing the divine law. Now listen, and looking for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. So what did he do? He was the devout man. He was devoted, meaning this was his pursuit in life. And was it, he was looking for the consolation of Israel. The word consolation is a word we would get a consoler. He's looking for, another word for consoler is comforter, meaning he is looking, he's waiting for, he's expecting, he is pursuing, he's having faith in the fact that the comforter, the consoler, the consolation of Israel is coming. His faith, he was in, see, he had the word, and now he's in this time, I'm waiting on the Lord, I'm looking for, I'm expecting, I'm expecting this word to come to pass. You were like, well, well, what word was he waiting to come to pass? See, a lot of times people say, well, that was just a word that a man came up with. We'll say, oh, well, this, that minister said it's this year for that or it's that year for this. Well, you know, that's just his way. No, you have to understand God speaks through men. If that's the case, then, then this guy Simeon could have been wrong too. Because there's no scripture necessarily that he could have stood on. It was what he heard directly from the Holy Spirit. Let's look at what he heard. And it shall be divinely revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been divinely revealed to him. 
It was divinely revealed to Simeon. It wasn't by a scripture. It was divine. It was by whether it was an angel, whether it was a voice, whatever it is. We know it was divinely revealed to this man named Simeon by the Holy Spirit. Now, this, what's the word? That he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. See, the prophetic word was that the seed was sown. Hey, there's a seed. All right, the word was, I'm not going to see death until I see the Christ. So now what's he doing? I'm expecting, I'm looking for, I'm waiting for the Christ. I'm waiting, I'm looking for him, I'm expecting him. And he said, hey, God said I wasn't going to die until I'd see him. So he had to lay hold of this word, right? The Bible said, be followers of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Most of the time we like to think of Abraham. How about Simeon? He inherited a promise. Verse 27, and prompted by the Holy Spirit... He came into the temple. Now the Holy Spirit prompted him. He just happened to, the Holy Spirit said, hey, go to the temple today. Enclosure. And when the parents brought in the little child, Jesus, to do for him what was customary according to the law, Simeon took him up in his arms and praised and thanked God and said, and now, Lord, you're releasing your servant to depart and leave this world in peace according to your word. According to your word, according to your word, the word that was directly spoken to Simeon, he lifted up and said, thank God I've seen this word. I love this. Verse 30 says, for with my own eyes, I have seen your salvation. See, he was waiting for it. He was looking for it and he stepped into it. So I want us as a church and as individuals, the year the faithful will flourish. Hallelujah. We're expecting. We're going to flourish. We're going to thrive. We're going to increase. You know what? And I will see it. We will see it. You will see it if you don't let go of the word in your life. Hallelujah. Not only was it just one man. Let's go down to verse 38. It says, and she too. Actually, verse 37. Actually, verse 36. And there was also, also a prophetess Anna, the daughter of Phineal, the tribe of Asher. She was very old having lived with her husband seven years from her maidenhood. Now, some people, it's interesting to say women shouldn't be ministers. But wait a minute. She was a prophetess. She was a prophet, and she was a woman. Anna, the daughter of Phineo, the tribe of Asher, she was very old, having lived with her husband seven years from her maidenhood. And as a widow, even for 84 years. 84 years. Think about that. 84 years she did not go out from the temple enclosure, but was worshiping night and day with fasting and prayer. And she too came up at that same hour. What was she? She was waiting. I'm expecting. Now, I'm not saying you hang out in Heritage of Faith for the next 84 years until you flourish. That's not the point. She did it so we didn't have to, all right? Concerning Jesus. But she had a word from God. Hey, I'm going to see him. I'm going to see him. I'm waiting. See, she, her waiting wasn't, oh, okay, another day. Guess I need to read the word. Guess I never to say my confessions again. I guess. I, no, this was something she was expectant. She was excited. She was waiting every day. 84 years. And she too came up at the same hour. And she returned thanks to God. Now listen, and talked of Jesus. And talked to Jesus. Now listen to this, to all who were looking for his redemption. See, there was a group of people that were awaiting the Messiah's return, waiting for the Messiah coming. 
And they were expectantly waiting. It wasn't just Simeon. It wasn't just Anna. But she turned around and she knew all the ones. And she, she told them, he's here. He's here. He's here. That prophecy in Isaiah chapter 7, you know, that prophecy in Isaiah chapter 8, 9, 10, 11, Isaiah chapter 60, and Isaiah chapter 61, you know, he's here. You know, Ezekiel chapter 4, Zephaniah chapter 4, Zechariah chapter 3, Micah chapter 5, Numbers chapter 24, verse 17, all these things that we've read for years, he's here. He's here. So it's those prophecy and holding on to that prophetic word that calls her to see Jesus. How much more for us holding on to a prophetic word about God's desire for his people? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for your word. Hallelujah. And he just told me this. How much more should people be, be expecting my return? Yeah. <laughs> Give me one more scripture. Right. Hebrews, 11, Hebrews uh, 10. Hebrews 10. Seed time and harvest. Remember the word brings hope. Now substance of, now faith is the what the substance of things hope for. Amen? Hebrews 11, 1. But in here in Hebrews 10, 35 says, cast not away therefore your confidence. Don't cast away your expectation. See, if you, you have hope in something, you have confidence in something, right? If you have faith in something, you have confidence in something. If you have an expectation, you have confidence. So he tells us, don't cast away your confidence. See, the word is what produces hope. The word is what produces faith. So don't let go of your faith. Don't cast it away. Don't cast away your faith. Don't let go of your faith. When you're in the midst of between amen and there it is, wait on the Lord. I'm expecting, I'm expecting the Lord. Lord, you got my back. Yeah, I just heard that report. You know what? But I'm still gonna hold on to your word. Yes, I know that situation's going on, but you know what? I'm holding on to the word. I'm waiting on the Lord. When I wait on the Lord, he renews my strength. When I wait on the Lord, he's my salvation. When I wait on the Lord, he gives me the word because it's my hope. When I, when I wait on the Lord, he's gonna guide me in truth and faithfulness. I'm gonna wait on the Lord. So he says, don't cast away. Don't throw your confidence. Don't let go of your confidence. Why? Because it has a great recompense of reward. Meaning if I hold on to my expectation, I will see my expectation. I will see my expectation. A great recompense of a world. What Dr. Savell says with recompense, it's payday. Don't let go of your confidence because it has a great payday. Don't let go of your expectation because you will see the fulfillment of God's word and God's plan in your life. Just go back to Barnabas. He, incur- he continued to stand up and encourage them. Stay faithful to, cleave unto, remain faithful to the Lord. 
with steady purpose of heart. And I believe as we truly do that, I tell you, we will see the fulfillment of God's word, God's prophetic word, and his purpose in our lives. You receive this word today? Everyone stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for this word. We thank you for your word because it is a light into our path. Thank you that your word directs us, it guides us, it brings about faith in us. It increases us from the inside out. Father, I thank you for your word. And I thank you for this prophetic word that we've been given as a church body. We determine to lay hold of it. We determine to continue to speak it. We continue to walk in it. And we continue it to allow it to build greater expectation on the inside of us. That we will be able to say like Simeon said, now my eyes have seen. My eyes have seen. The eyes, my eyes have seen what it means and what it's like to flourish. My, my eyes have seen, hallelujah, the fulfillment of his promises in my life. Hallelujah. 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 Father, we thank you for your word. Mm. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the victory that is found in your word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you, Lord. Mm. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Everyone, just lift a hand to heaven, just as an attitude of surrender. Just repeat this after me. Father God, I thank you for your word being fulfilled in my life. I thank you, Lord, for greater expectation to grow on the inside of us, to know that 2017 is the year that will flourish. The year will increase, expand, prosper, spread out, come to a high point. I thank you, Father, that we choose to walk in faith, to walk by faith, and not, not by sight. We choose to be faithful. We choose to be faithful. And we choose to wait upon you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Father, we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.